0: It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Bumblebee. Hey, movie maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, how was the drive back home to Arizona? It was horrible. Dude, it's oh. 10 hours of driving. <laughs> just driving, driving, driving. Now we've done it so many times, at least 30, 40 times. Um, I I've lost count. Actually, I stopped counting. Holy um, cow, that's that's a ton, man. I've only driven there one time, and that was for your original wedding. Yeah. We gotta get you guys to come out here. You know that you got the Grand Canyon here is just super awesome. You gotta see that, but um, you know phoenix inside the winter time is amazing but you know we got here safely it was longer than normal because i was getting over being sick and i was all achy and sitting in a car you know upright um hunched over or you know kind of resting as much as you can but man that was horrible but oh well we're here now i got to get sleep in my bed which is so much better but uh how was how was christmas for you guys and how was everything um uh, you know in fresno Nice, man. Things are great. The weather's been killer. Rained a little bit, a little bit of cold and stuff, you know, frosty in the morning. But altogether, like right now, I'm looking out the window at my office here. Nice and sunny. Beautiful day. High of 51 or something. I know yours in Arizona is probably like a high of 78 or something like that. So maybe a little bit nicer. Um, Too bad for all those people that live in Minnesota or whatnot, you know, but... um, We had a ton of fun. It was really good seeing you and your family here for Christmas, going out to uh, a few different restaurants, going bowling, having Christmas dinner with the gigantic family, about 40 people over here at the house. Uh, Tons of fun. Uh, But, you know, New Year's coming up. We have zero plans. So I think it's just going to be the four of us hanging out, smooching at midnight and then going to bed, you know, dude, I'm with you. But you stay up till midnight. I, I, I think it was like 25 years old. I, I maybe I'm just an old soul because I don't like staying up until midnight. I'm like, let's celebrate the East Coast time. so nine pm ball drops. yay and <laughs> we're done. Uh, I got you yeah we uh for New year's, maybe we're watching a movie and we just let it go long and when the movie ends at ten, we'll pop in another one and you know take it all the way through till midnight. Yeah, but hey, it was super cool. We got to you and I got to watch two movies together, which we haven't done in a long time. so we saw Bumblebee. And we also saw, what was right before that? Uh, The one, the the movie right before Bumblebee was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, that was cool, being able to watch the movies with you. you, Usually, I just go by myself, and so it's good being able to go with somebody. Yep, totally. I agree with you, too. Most of the time, it's me and the boys. Sometimes Denise will tag along, but it was nice having you here. And uh, when we got out of the theater with Bumblebee, um, I was really jazzed on it. You seemed a little bit lower on the jazzing scale than I was. But after the fact, it sat with me for a little bit. I've thought about it a little bit more, and my jazzy factor has gone down a bit. Um, uh, My ultimate score for this movie, I'm sorry to say, is just a 60. Wow. That's a huge change. Because when you came out, you were like, dude, that was I was, was like so-. 80, and- 85 when we came out. You know what? I... Wow, that's... Higher or sorry, lower than mine. That's surprising because oh. when you came out, you're like, this is so good. This all the Transformer movies should have been like this. And here's my opinion. And I'll get into one of my um, uh, lessons uh, later, but goes along with the lesson. But, um, you know, I the opening scene was fantastic where you see transformers as they are intended how we remember them how we loved the characters and you're like dude that's star Sh- or not star Sh- that's um uh, sound and yeah so it was great seeing them look like they're supposed to and mm. it's it and for me feeling all nostalgic i was like yes this is awesome and after watching the first what was it maybe like a two minute opening which was great and then like it comes the whole movie comes to a crashing halt um after Uh, Bumblebee loses his voice. So for me watching it, I was all pumped up, pumped up. This is great. This is great. And then every like five minutes, I was like, man, this is a time to go to the bathroom. Okay. Here's another time I should go to the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Here's another time. It's so, you know, uh, slow. Now I would say they did a good job developing character, developing relationship, developing, you know, a feeling of personality towards the, um, just everybody in general. And I do I do like that. But man, I really personally think they should have done at least 20 more minutes of um, Cybertron, of the Autobots, of all that stuff way before to give us a lot more background there and then lead into Bumblebee because the movie was only what, like an hour and 50 minutes. They could have made it, you know, two hours and 20 minutes and put more into, um, you know, all the characters that we love rather than trying to learn so much about this new these new characters, the, the Charlie. So I think that's why you came out, you know, because you were so nostalgic. But what do you think? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Initially, it was really awesome seeing that Cybertron intro, but then I've thought about it afterwards. The movie, like you said, one hour, 50 minutes long. They could have cut out 20 minutes of stuff with Memo, with Charlie, with Bumblebee relationship. They could have cut out that entire scene of Bumblebee stumbling through the house. It was just unnecessary, and they could have tacked on 10 or 15 minutes more Cybertron, more Autobot rebellion stuff, more fighting against... um, we could have seen even Cliff Jumper when he was on whatever planet it was on, Saturn or I don't know the planet he was on, when he was fighting against uh, the one Decepticon or the two Decepticons that killed him, then they went to Earth. We could have seen a whole lot more there. Um, I just, I, uh, initially when I came out, I was really jazzed on it, but then I just realized that I think one of the reasons I liked it so much is because it is head and shoulders above all the other Transformers movies, but... If I'd never seen those Transformers movies, how would I feel about this one? You know, I don't think I would love this one as much as I did without the other ones that kind of, uh, uh, th- th- I don't, I don't know how, how you, how uh, the metaphor to use or anything, but this is, um, you know, the very first Transformers, I, I, that was new and, and exciting. So I did like that one, but honestly, I'll never go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing when I think of Bumblebee. I'll go back and watch the scenes with um, like the Cybertron opening scene. That was super awesome. And then the, the, um, the fighting scenes that they actually did between Bumblebee and Blitzwing. I think that's the first guy, the first mm-hmm. bad guy that runs into him. And then also uh, the other two, Dropkick and what was the other, the female? I think the, side, the, the female, and this is like what that. bummed me. You and I talked about it right after the movie, Dropkick and Shatter. We didn't know any of the names of the bad ones. We didn't know Blitzwing, Dropkick, or Shatter. We had to look them up later on on IMDb. Yeah, it's just, it's rather, I mean, the, the storytelling could have been a lot better. But I, I could go back and watch those scenes because those are were, those were super fun and super enjoying. But man, they did so much, like at least 30 minutes of or 45 minutes of character development, which was way overkill, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Or they could have tacked on another 30 minutes on the movie to make it more well-rounded. So for me, I gave this movie a rating of 63. Mm. So I really... I will like I, I literally just went on YouTube, typed in Bumblebee trailer, and you could see a whole bunch. Like you can even see the opening scene on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. So if you just want to watch the good parts, just type that <laughs> in like Bumblebee scenes, and you'll be able to see it. And it it's really really um, good, but you miss out all the you know slow pace. Now here's one thing that they I was watching um, in one of those videos that I was watching. One of the director, not was he the director or the producer? One of the one of the guys he was saying. That they, in telling the story, they really wanted to show why Bumblebee was always more connected to humans in general, from the cartoons to the future movies and all that sort of like why he's so connected to humans as opposed to just being, you know, a a robot or no, a robot, like a transformer on on um, Earth. And so he basically had to learn everything from scratch. And he got so connected personally, personality wise and personally wise. So he loves the humans. Obviously, he loves Charlie. And and so that was a good, I understand that as he said, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense why he's so connected to humans. But they just did so much of that. And so I give it a 63 because I will only watch the the cool parts. But man, they should have put at least 20 more minutes of pre-show of all the Autobots and then them working. Like if you think of a really good movie to watch, if anybody watches Bumblebee, you have to go back and look for the Transformers, the movie. We, You and I went and watched that back when we were, um, I don't know, what, 10, 11, 12. I remember going to see it in the movie theater. That was mind-blowing we watch it. it was fantastic you know we've never seen transformers die and in transformers the movie like opening scene they'd start dying and you're like what's going on this yep. is so crazy and so if anybody has any inclination you have to go watch the transformers the movie it's a really good storytelling and if they, they should have taken a page from that a little bit to give you more rounded understanding of everything not just hey Everybody already knows about Transformers and Decepticons and uh, Autobots. Let's just... Uh, it, I don't know. It, they could have done a lot better. So for me, it was a 63. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm right there with you right at 60. But, you know, I didn't watch the trailers ahead of time. I never do like we've discussed. Same here. And I didn't even really look at the movie poster closely. So when we were in theaters and then John Cena pops up on screen, I had no idea he was in it. So this is just... I am telling you, this is a public service announcement for everybody. Do not look closely at movie posters. Do not watch the trailers because every little bit is a little bit more exciting. It's a little bit more surprising when you go to the theaters and you come away with a better feeling and you enjoy those experiences more. So like I said, I really like seeing John Cena. I think he's a great actor, a really good comedic actor, good action actor too. And so it was awesome not knowing he was going to be in it. And then bam, there's John Cena. I loved it. I... First, the first time you told me not to watch the trailers anymore that you never do, I thought, oh, no, I'm still going to watch it because I like getting, you know, the anticipation of it and seeing all that stuff. But the first time that I did it and I just like this, I had no idea John Cena was in it. I had no idea. I just knew that, you know, it's a storytelling like the origin story of bumblebee that's the only thing i really knew mm-hmm. i had no idea who else was in it um never saw like you said the movie poster um all that sort of stuff is so shock not shocking it's a great um storytelling aspect where you're surprised just like if you're reading a book for the first time or just you know you're watching a movie you've never seen and anything about everything's fresh and everything's new you're not anticipating anything yep. and you don't see the best things like there's so many companies that make trailers that are horrible like why would why watch the movie you've seen the entire movie with the trailer yep just like before um into the spider-verse there was that there was that one lost dog movie they showed you beat by beat that entire movie in that two-minute trailer what a freaking waste i mean i I think it's going to be a terrible movie and so they want to show everything that's good in order to get kids really interested to go you know it makes our pull on our heartstrings and say, Oh, I really want to go save doggie. Exactly. The dog yep. So, getting to John Cena, his appearance in the movie, that very first scene led to my first lesson. And here it is do not shoot first and ask questions later because that's what John Cena's character did. I mean, sure, it looked like they were being attacked by something from outer space, but all of a sudden you see this gigantic robot, a humanoid looking robot, head, arms, legs, and everything you shouldn't necessarily want to just attack it first try the communication route and then if he attacks go ahead and fight back you know that's a great lesson especially when you have something that you have no clue what it is and it literally has not tried like other than you know kind of falling down and you get hit i understand that but you don't know if it's good or bad and you could be starting something that could make it even potentially worse so could be war um, of the worlds all because john cena shot first you know yeah, because he was he was ticked off. I you know I, I understand you're ticked off, but you know you got to be rational at times too. Yeah. Um, I did like I did like how Bumblebee, um, his voice or you know when he actually had a voice, he was saying no I, I don't want to hurt you guys and you know, all that sort of stuff. And um, really, really I like the how I, I I've always liked the character of Bumblebee. I think almost everybody does. Bumblebee is a very very cool character, very very understanding and just a, a good guy. But one thing I, I liked so much about Bumblebee that you get in this episode or this the uh, you know the movie is you see how, how he kicks butt. Like, he is super awesome at fighting. Like, the opening scene with him coming in, he's destroying Decepticons left and right, where, you know, in the um, uh, cartoons, not the cartoon, the movie, uh, Transformers, the movie, but the actual cartoon when we were growing up, you never really saw Bumblebee do that much. And in this movie, it really shows how he is just a one bad dude. Yeah, he's like a, a, a tough, like, 25-year-old soldier, you know, like a Marine in the army. Absolutely. And I, I love that face that comes down, you know, the bumblebee face, that like shield or protection that comes down. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Good lesson. Good lesson. So I'm going to have my first lesson. It really, um, a couple, the only thing that really touched me that, um, you know, they're trying to do a storytelling, trying to make it really touching and, and heartfelt um, was with the, charlie and her dad you know her dad and and her were always working on the car together always doing that together as something that they wanted to achieve for her like he was really helping her out obviously it was the diving and all that stuff that she did like he dad was always there or her dad was always there so my lesson is have something that you can share with your kids regularly like as a favorite song or a movie or an event, you know, things that you do. This, yeah. And this will help them to remember you when you pass on because events are easier to remember. You know, if you just try to think, oh, what got me really thinking of this was, if you remember, Saving Private Ryan. So when Private Ryan was talking to uh, Tom Tom Hanks's character, um, he's saying, you know, I can't really picture my brothers. And Tom Hanks says, just picture events or things that happen that'll help you rather than you just you know think about the person Think about an event, something that happened that made you laugh or it was fun. And, you know, he thought of, you know, this one incident in, in Saving Private Ryan. So what I do with my kids is every Christmas we watch The Grinch, you know, the Jim Carrey's Grinch. Mm-hmm. We always watch that. Or I have uh, favorite songs that I like to play that they hate, but I still play it because I love it and they're going to remember it. Hey, when this song come on, hey, this reminds me of dad. And so um, even events like we go snow skiing, that's something that we do as a family. And that's something that. You and I did, Scott, you and I did with um, our stepdad. We went skiing all the time. And um, also with our biological dad, um, we, I took my kids to Japan because that's something I remembered going with our dad to Japan. So trying to do things that um, create lasting memories and not just let every day go by without having something implanted in their brain. Yep. I love that. That's a great lesson. And uh, like you said, I mean, as soon as you mentioned this lesson, the first thing that, that I, that came to my mind, you just said snow skiing with our parents. A big one for me was water skiing on the boat. I mean, we went up uh weekly every summer growing up water skiing, uh wakeboarding, all that stuff. That that is really stuck with me. And then with Christmas just now passing, I remember a ton of Christmases sitting around the tree doing breakfast with the family, having um awesome uh what was it? Mom would always buy those Costco cinnamon rolls, you know, that we would nuke up oh, yeah. and warm up in the morning and eat. I mean, I remember a lot of those different things. And yeah, you're right. We gotta uh and I, I do my best also to share a lot of that kind of stuff experiences with my boys and my wife, you know. And, yeah, and having like a traditional thing is, is great to do so that when those events come up, you already know that this is what you're going to do. Yeah, it's just, it's really helpful for, to you know, a cohesive family. And one thing that you and I did with our families this year, and I would like to keep doing it every single year, instead of Christmas presents where we buy each other's kids Christmas presents, instead of doing that, going and doing and spending that money we would normally spend on presents and spend it on an event something that we can do together where Mm -hmm. we went yeah had lunch together and then we went bowling which the kids had a tremendous time maybe next year we do ice skating or we do bowling again or you know we do something where it's you know two or three hours where we have fun doing something together yep i love that i love that and this is a good tradition we started this year for sure absolutely cool beans. so um uh, my second lesson hold on before you get to your second lesson Let's do – I want to do the – pause right there. Let's do the Monday morning quarterback. Okay. So what's your Monday morning quarterback? Oh, if you want to do it, you tell me yours. No, I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um. Okay, so – uh, my Monday morning quarterback is that the military and that Dr. Powell guy, they should not have worked with the Decepticons in the beginning. You you don't want to believe, and you especially don't want to get into bed with the very first aliens that you meet, you know. Sure, you think you have the upper hand, just like that general did, and you think you can turn the thing around if it goes south on you, but just do not take that risk. Their name, like John Cena said, is the Decepticons. I mean, you should see a little bit of deception coming down down the pike, you know. That is a great lesson, and that's something that you said when we came out of the movie theater. You th- thought it was a great line was, um, their name is Decepticons. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that, should we trust them? They're literally their name is the Decepticons. Yeah, <laughs> John Cena. and John Cena delivered it perfectly. I love it. He's a good comedic actor. He's he's done a lot of different comedic stuff stuff like uh, a movie recently called Blockers, and he's just a super funny guy. Yeah, he was also, and I bring it up many times recently, but uh, because I've been watching the seasons over again, he was in Psych um, a couple times now, and he did a great job in Psych as um, uh, one of the detectives, the female detective, her brother. And he's like a military agent, like um, CIA or something like that. And He's a a pretty bad dude in that movie, or uh, show a couple times when he's in it. But uh, he's a good actor. I really like him. Good, good. So what's your Monday morning quarterback? Bumblebee should use his blaster against Blitzwing. He would have done that from the very beginning, it would have been all over. He should have been doing that every, like, shoot, shoot, shoot. Just keep shooting. And, like, why punch? Shoot. And all throughout the movie, whenever you're fighting a Decepticon, shoot, 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 shoot. Stop punching and kicking. Yep. I completely agree. I don't know why he wouldn't. I mean, his arm transformed into that gun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why not just constantly, when you're in battle mode, bam, you have your left hand as a fist, your right hand is that gun. And, like, in the military... You're using your, your, your weapons, your arms all the time like not, not your physical arms, but your arm, um, your arms, uh, your, your firearms, your um, tanks, or like you're using everything but your body because your body's the most precious thing for you. And so why use anything else when you can have projectiles of missiles or let, bumblebee, that blaster thing, projectiles of uh, plasma or laser or whatever, mm-hmm. flying at somebody else and hitting them. Why not do that? As opposed, obviously, for the movie's sake, it looks super awesome. But I was thinking, man, it's kind of like with, and this, I literally thought this in my head, uh, in the Star Wars movie, where um, the most recent one, the horrible, like the worst one, probably one of the worst ones, um, but the very end, like, you know, the the bad guys, the um, stormtroopers and all of them are trying to chase down the whole, um, uh, you know, what are they called? The Rebel Alliance? Yeah, the Lions. They're chasing them down, they're running out of gas and all that sort of stuff. And um at the like the whole movie, it's all about them chasing them. Then they go out and do -do a bunch of stupid stuff, and then they come back. And then when the lady turns around and shoots it, you know, does the light speed right into it? I'm like, why didn't you do that from the very beginning? Like you had eight other things that could have just turned around and did that. Why didn't you do that from the very beginning instead of just letting it blow up or let them shoot it? And so same thing with this from the very beginning. Like the last thing he did was, you know, shoot him with the thing. I was like, oh, come on. Why would you get it in the first place? Yeah, it- exactly. Well, it's a lesson that we go to every time in these movies. When people have guns, they just don't use them and, and it's just screwed up. I mean, it's really easy in this movie. Bumblebee could have from the very beginning transformed his arm into the gun, shot a few times, but then Blitzwing destroys the gun or something. And now you're left with fists and totally fine. Go at it with fists. But start with the guns. Let's be a little bit more realistic. Even though you know we're talking about gigantic battling robots. Let's let's try to throw some realism in. So it's a Little bit more believable. Yeah, absolutely. And like it's like just like you said, if it was disabled for some reason, it doesn't have to be permanently disabled, like you know, in the middle of the fight, like he's using it and then it gets disabled and he fixes it after the fight or something like that. Yeah. I get that. But if you literally don't use it through the whole fight and then all of a sudden the very end, oh, this is my last last thing. Yeah. Oh, come on. Totally, totally. But I do like how in the very end he destroyed that one um uh, whatever the name was, Justin Theroux's voice, voice the one robot. Um, I like how he destroyed him with that chain wrapped around him. He transformed into his robot and yanked it and just pulled him apart. That was pretty cool. That was cool. His name is Dropkick. Dropkick, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, all the fight scenes were really good. So Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, even though I gave it a 63, it was the fight scenes that brought it up. Like if it didn't have that stuff, it'd be like a 20. You know, I wouldn't really want to watch it. I did think the special effects did a really good job. Oh, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed all that on there. Totally, totally. And my 60, that doesn't mean like you shouldn't go watch it. 60 is still over a 50. I still recommend to see it. If, you, if you're if you a, a Transformers fan, it's totally worth seeing, especially if you were like an 80s cartoon fan, totally worth seeing. But if you're not into Transformers, not into robots, and eh, you could skip it. You're, you're going to be just fine not seeing it, you know? And also, like you said, I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. So unlike a rewatchable factor, it might be a one out of five for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. So let me ask you a question. When we grew up, we had Transformers. Actually, the very first toy that I remember was He-Man. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so that was the first toy that I ever remember. So you think about He-Man, you have good and bad, obviously. Then you think about G.I. Joe. You have, oh, that was another toys that we had. I mean, our mom and dad were great at getting us toys that we wanted. and um, So they were good and bad. And then, obviously, Transformers was up there you – know, uh, Like all three of those, like we we started with He-Man and then that died off when G.I. Joe and then Transformers just took off and that was our our number one uh, thing that we loved. And so usually you picked the bad guys and I picked the good guys. Can you tell me why? Yeah, I've always, maybe I've always been big and I I have always been big on underdog stories and in any kind of cartoon, especially growing up in the 80s, the bad guys were always the underdogs, you know, they're always going to lose, but you want to see them try to win. So maybe that's why yeah (laughs) yeah because um i remember getting megatron uh i could have swore that was yours though maybe it was man i don't i can't recall but i love megatron obviously being a pistol i was like dude this Mm -hmm. is a this is a pistol this is so cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't think i think our friend kenny had a had an optimus prime but i don't think you or i ever had him i did i remember having optimus prime cool i really wish you know obviously you know hindsight's 2020, but it'd be great to have all those toys again because those were made so well. Yep. They were made out of metal. They weren't just your s- current plastic ones. Yeah. We practically just, you know, round those through, through a ringer and they were still, they still were going. They, they yep. were, they were great. So totally, totally. Bummer. Okay. So I have something before we get to the next, the two and three, third lesson. I am beginning to absolutely hate this thing. It's a, it's, I don't know if it's a movie trope now, but it probably is. Um, is the hero landing i'm beginning to absolutely (laughs) hate the hero landing because everybody, every movie does it what do you think yeah i agree with you i don't i don't necessarily hate it but as soon as somebody does it i notice it and it takes me out of the movie but that means you hate it Uh, i mean i guess yeah don't don't you not want to be taken out of the movie yeah that's true you're right so, yeah, I hate it. And honestly, I watch for it in every single movie. I'm like, dude, can't you guys come up with something better than that? Yeah. I'm still waiting for, uh, oh, um, the, what was that that game called? Street Fighter. So we, I brought this up in one of our, uh, long time ago, one of our episodes. Can't remember which one it was. But Street Fighter, the movie came out and it was in Japanese and there were subtitles or I think there was also an English um, uh, voiceover. But the M. Bison when he lands, like he gets hit he actually like, he doesn't do a hero landing. He, his feet literally almost like it's hitting the ground, but he's like maybe a foot off the ground and, and just kind of like hovers. And he just, and that's how there. He Yeah, stops. I'm like, that is cool. I'd yeah. like to see something like that happen. <laughs> yeah. Somebody should do that in a movie. One of these days for sure. Yeah. Alrighty. So let's get to my second lesson. The lesson is music makes everything better and not just within a movie, but also in real life, you know, and, you and I grew up listening to music, especially with our mom. She loved Rod Stewart and Traveling Wilburys, all that kind of stuff. But in this movie, Charlie was big into music, and it really influenced her, and she enjoyed life through music. And it was also fun in a movie, watching people use music. And I think, um, you know, filmmakers, they are finally realizing how important music is uh to, to a mo- movie-watching experience. And I think I did enjoy this movie a little bit more because of all the cool 80s music in it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it brings back nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why you wouldn't. When you do a period piece, you have to bring back all those. And what I really loved was the on top of the music. It was when Bumblebee was watching The Breakfast Club. And you see um, uh, Judd Nelson, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, walking away and fist pumps in the air. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) And then Charlie was eating Mr. T cereal at one point. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Dalen, your son, even said, oh, Mr. T cereal. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> hey, one thing about music, though, it really weirds me out when I meet somebody and they say that they don't listen to music and they don't really like it. I think I think that kind of person they're missing out on in, and kind of like an integral part of being a human being, you know, dogs, zebras, goats, they don't like music. So if you don't like music, you're putting yourself one step closer to those other animals. How in the world do you have you met anybody that says they don't like music? Yes, I have. I have. People that not ah uh, yes, they that they don't like, they don't care to listen to music, they never listen wow. to it. It just blows my mind. I've I've literally never come across anybody say, like if I say, you know what what type of music you like listen to? I've never heard anybody say, no, nah, I don't like it. But yeah. yep. I've met nuts. people also. I have a nephew on my wife's side of the family who doesn't like movies and never watches a movie, and I'm just blown away by that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So there are people out there that don't like pizza, don't like music, and don't like movies. Uh, Stay away from them. <laughs> stay away. Okay, so I have my second lesson. Now, the second lesson is obviously this is going to come play off of when you are when you're not telling a brand new story, when you are rehashing old stuff. I obviously Transformers is rehashing or retelling in a say in a way, you know, the cartoons of, you know, the 80s when we were growing up. People love that stuff and the reason why you're bringing it back cuz they loved it so much and you're going to make money from people watching it again. Um so my lesson is when you're bringing nostalgic back don't change or don't force a change on someone or your audience like the new transformers i was like dude these guys look nothing like the transformers of the cartoons. like this is horrible i don't get it obviously when it transformed into a you know he uh optimus prime actually looks like the the truck but i mean what are you gonna make him not look like a truck but when he looks and he was like his person or uh like like um uh, megatron or anybody like in the newer uh previous ones, not Bumblebee, but the, you know, the new, the new movies, they looked horrible. I didn't like them. They looked like all shiny part, uh, sorry, like spiky points poking out of them. And like, just, it looked crappy in my opinion. Yeah. Um, every single time I watched, I was like, man, this it. it they're missing out. And when you force the change on somebody who loved something in the past, it's not going to gravitate. Like they're not going to be as nostalgic. As soon as I saw Starscream, not Starscream, uh, uh, Soundwave, is yep. it shockwave or Soundwave? Soundwave. Soundwave. As soon as I saw, saw Soundwave with his voice and, you know, bringing out, is it, um, not Rumble. Rumble was the, the guy, Ravage. the purple guy with the, what? Oh, Ravage. You know, shooting that out. And then you see Bumblebee and uh, that's, that's when I was like, this is a good movie now. Just, just the first two seconds. <laughs> yep. This is a good movie. Absolutely. And I love that. And so don't force a change on someone that they don't really call for and so the generation they're calling it the people who made this movie the gen 1 or generation 1 transformers look or you know image is um so much better and people will love it and that's why I think you and I liked this movie a lot is because it helped us to remember past as opposed to the what Michael Bay directed ones which made us not just really Get tired of it. Yep, absolutely. I agree with that lesson 100%. You're right about that. And Marvel does it really well. They update characters' looks for the big screen, but occasionally, not occasionally, oftentimes they'll start you off. Uh, with some parts like Captain America, the first time you see him, he looks like the original Captain America. And then once you see the character in that, and you learn who about the character, then they start to change his look. And it, it makes more sense, like seeing that initial how they should look and then evolving the look. And so Marvel's doing everything right. And this movie did it right. Recapturing what, rem- what we remember from our childhoods. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think of other characters like Thor or the Hulk. You know, we, we, first time we see the Hulk in uh, Avengers, is, um um what's his name? Uh, R- Ruffalo. He's wearing a purple shirt mm-hmm. where he's not wearing purple pants, but he's wearing a purple shirt. And you kind of see, oh, he's wearing purple. You yeah. know, you don't really register it in your brain like purple and, and Hulk. But as you look back, you're like, oh, that that they're they're being intentional about doing that. Yeah. Uh totally, totally. It just occurred to me. Do you remember in the movie when um John Cena was in the house with the parents and then Ron said, Hey, I stole when I was a kid. I stole a whole box of Malamars. <laughs> and then John Cena goes, Yeah, we know about that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was so <laughs> funny. Like the government there, you know, they have eyes everywhere kind of a thing. That was such a good line. <laughs> That's a good one. Yep, yep. So okay, uh I just had to share that cuz I remembered it real quick, but my third lesson is so freaking obvious. Do not leave aliens alone to torture another alien. What are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, you don't know if these guys are good or bad. Watching them interact with other of their own species will clue you into everything. And plus, they should have had armed guards on them 24/7, not just Dr. Powell there watching, you know. Absolutely. Anytime anybody's torturing them, you can make sure you're watching. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And I loved your idea that, like it was your first lesson, um, but goes in my third lesson. I only work with people that I like. Yeah. Um, it's so obviously never a decepticon their name alone is going to clue me in just like john cena said but i only work with people i like and i even though the decepticons came across as you know very mm, meager not meager that's not the right word um i can't even think of the right word but like they they, they, they were not they came aggressive across, I guess, like very you know? humble and uh, con- Obliging, conciliatory maybe. yeah yeah i guess so Trying not to, yeah, not to push around, but yeah. like, would you please help? Mm-hmm. You know, even though that's the case, like just their name alone just, you know, sends shivers down my desk. And their red symbol. eyeballs and that evil looking purple uh, Decepticon symbol. <laughs> it, all that stuff. I'm like, you know, yeah. and so that got me thinking. I only work with people I like. And so in business, in life, I don't hang around people that I don't like. And I started thinking of this. Um, so I've had many friends in my life, but the only people that I continue to stay friends with are people that make me better than I was. Mm -hmm. And so not just working around people, just being around people that you like, that make you better than you are. I don't hang around people that make me worse and they just literally, I I don't hang around with them. I just move away. Not saying that they're bad people. It's just, I need to be around people. I I choose because, you know. Time is the most expensive commodity anybody can spend because we can never get it back. And so when you spend it with people you don't like, or you really just, you know, it, it makes you frustrated or, or worried or concerned or whatever. When you spend that time with somebody, you can't spend it with somebody else that you really care about. So yep. yeah, I only work with people that I like. Totally, totally. And uh, it just reminded me, when those Decepticons first landed, didn't they blow up a human and leave his wife alive? Yes, they did. But nobody knew what I would assume the government knew that these two aliens crashed. Remember oh. that time when they. Yep. So did they not have contact with that wife? Did she not call the cops when it happened? I mean, you know what I mean? Like they should have known that he just popped a human being. You're absolutely right because they knew when, the, you know, the fireball came in. The, you know, they, they can tell when the fireballs come in. Mm-hmm. And so you would have thought that, hey, it landed here. Let me listen to any chatter like she might have called or should have probably called the police or the police wouldn't investigate it or something like that. So they would have known that. Yep, totally, totally. It was So a- another thing and that, that came up because after I watched it, I saw the credits. And I saw who wrote it and all that sort of stuff. And seeing how... This movie was trying to tug on so many heartstrings and making it so emotional. I I just it, I noticed it, not saying it's good or bad, but I noticed it. There was a, the only there was only one writer in it and it was a female. And I don't know if that's came into play of, you know, bringing so much emotion into it, trying to, you know, really grab my heartstrings, but man, it was just it just reminded me of when we did the Walking Dead podcast and we had uh, Angela Kang as the uh, writer every single one of her episodes were absolutely horrible and when she became like the executive producer we're like oh it's going downhill we're not watching it anymore because her things are horrible not saying that all women are like that but it just kind of rang bell like Angela Kang I was like oh man hopefully she doesn't write another one yeah yeah that's when I stopped watching Walking Dead you continued on with the first half of season nine and I gave it up and it was horrible uh, don't watch it yeah I'm, I'm glad I did and Angela Kang being the showrunner no thanks there's there's just no need it's such a bummer so I think for me, for both of us, I think there was the, the story dragged on too much. Like I said, at any given time, you can go to the bathroom, like in the middle of the movie. Just go to and go to the bathroom. Don't even think, oh, it's something going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. Just yeah, go, go to the go to the bathroom. Totally, totally. I mean, you might, if you go to the bathroom at the wrong time, you might miss her wussing out and not cliff diving, but who cares, you know? But yeah, it's like, oh, 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 that brings up this. Okay. I knew that was foreshadowing a time where she's going to have to muster up the strength to, and the courage to dive in. Why in the crap does she dive in? She literally is what? 120 pounds. And that uh, bumblebee is like uh, uh, eight tons. Why is she diving in there? What is she going to do to him? I don't know. She just got to be down there with him, you know, to give him some moral encouragement. Get up out of the water. I thought that was just, uh, seriously, I mean, stupid. That was yeah. one of the worst part of the movie, the storyline. I was like, this is so dumb. Like, they were trying to build up suspense. Like, oh, is she going to be able to do it? She's never, dove, never, since her dad died and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, that was horrible. Like, if it was um, her boyfriend or, you know, future boyfriend, totally different story. Mm-hmm. But for Bumblebee, you're like. Dude, the guy's a metal machine. You yep. can't pick him up and bring him out of the water. Totally, totally. So that was, like you said, one of the worst parts. Um, I, I didn't like it either. But here's one of the best parts. Uh, she goes, you tried to sleep with my sister. And he goes, yeah, unsuccessfully. <laughs> <laughs> so there. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was when I laughed so hard at that part. Oh, my I gosh. Sure it did blew me too. away. <laughs> yeah. <yep. laughs> not my car. Not my car. Mm-hmm. So what is the prop that you would like to have? Good question. My prop in um, uh, Bumblebee's head, because I imagine um, Haley Steinfeld had to act with different parts of Bumblebee, and I'm sure there was a gigantic Bumblebee head on set for her to look at. Even if it wasn't animatronic and moving, she was at least looking at one at some point, you know? I get it. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. What about you? The Rick Astley tape. Never going to give you up. Oh, (laughs) nice that's a good one i was kind of bummed out how bumblebee ejected that one super quick because i actually like that song that's a great song i played it like my kids like oh daddy gotta play this again i'm like yes (laughs) this is a good song um so they so if if that one is too hard for me to get i would take drop kick the car drop kick cool bj i agree with you it was a pretty darn cool looking car man so before we end this puppy anything we forgot to mention No, I, other than being a little, I don't say little, a a good amount disappointed in the movie. I was anticipating, not anticipating a lot, but man, it was like literally half of the movie you could have cut out and still got the same effect. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. Oh, I I do remember how they had a callback to the 1986 Transformers movie when uh, Bumblebee started playing You Got the Touch. My goodness, that's right. I loved that. That was... What, was that only in the Transformer movie? Was that actually a song that was big back then? I can't remember. Uh, my guess is I've only ever heard it in the movie. Okay. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Yep, yep. Cool beans. Anything else? No, I'm good to go. All righty. So, um, well, this movie was my choice. So what are we watching and learning from next week, Dust? Okay, so I'm going to say because there isn't very much out there. And I know a lot of people are going to watch it. So I I do want to watch it just to give them a shot. Because I know it's going to... They probably spent a crap load of money on it. It's going to be um, Fishman. Oh, Aquaman. Oh, yeah, Aquaman. We're going to watch DC's Aquaman. Even though DC sucks a big one on everything when they put out movies. I mean, it's horribly atrocious. Hopefully they learned from how crappy it was in the past. And it's going to be actually good, but we'll see. Yeah, I am hoping so as well. Aquaman's been a a character that people have been making fun of for a really long time. And Jason Momoa portrayed him pretty well in uh, Justice League, even though that wasn't a good movie. So I am looking forward to seeing his own standalone movie and what they do with the character here to make him more, I guess, more believable, more fun. I don't know. We'll see what they do. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. 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 Yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Now that you know how we feel about Bumblebee, we would love to hear your thoughts. And not just your thoughts on the movie, but also any life lessons that you took away from it. So please visit the show notes page at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod29. Go there, leave a comment, check out our life lessons, watch the trailer. All that jazz is right there for you. Alrighty then, my name was Sky, And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with Aquaman.